0: Monitor 63, Jim Lowe, and tonight, on the eve of his 70th birthday, we salute the man acclaimed America's best-loved entertainer, Jimmy Doretti.
1: Got to start off the stage with a shock. Now even when things go wrong, you feel better. You even look better. Ah! I'm glad that note came out on the last X-ray my doctor
0: took. It showed up as a safety pin. Jimmy Duranty. A raucous voice from beneath the celebrated schnozzle. A battered felt hat tipped rakishly over twinkling eyes, radiating an unquenchable joy of life. Seventy tomorrow, but as youthful and vital as he was when he began his career over 50 years ago. In the hour ahead, as we try to repay him in what really can only be small measure for the joy he has given us, we fall even deeper into his debt because the star performer in our birthday celebration is the guest of honor himself. We'll be hearing from many other great entertainers this evening as they extend their greetings to him. And we think that you'll agree, as you listen to Jimmy reminisce about the past, as you hear some of his great performances, that together they reveal a combination of qualities that any human being would be proud to possess. But as Jimmy himself might say, things voiced. Like so many other great stars, he came from New York's Lower East Side, and his first love was the piano. Here's what he had to say about that era... Of his life.
1: I was born in number 90, Catherine Street. And uh, it was a pretty tough neighborhood. But some wonderful people came from that neighborhood. And it was quite an event when we got our piano. You know, they had a hoisted up to the fourth floor and went through the window. And uh, we were the aristocrats of that neighborhood. I think we were the only one with a piano. And I had a lot of trouble with my professor he wanted me to play poet and peasant and uh, i wouldn't practice and i wanted to be a great ragtime piano player a funny thing maple leaf rag that's how i got my first job i went down to coney island to try out for a job and that's the tune i played and i was hired we started eight o'clock at night and Finished sometimes about four or five in the morning. This was a time in Tony's at Coney Island. I'll never forget it. $25 a week, and that was a lot of money in those days. And when I brought the $25 home, I used to get it all in singles uh, to make my mother think it was an awful lot of money, and she really fainted when I brought home
0: the first $25. <laughs> Years later, if the salary Jimmy earned for just one performance had been changed into dollar bills, it would have completely filled that fourth floor apartment on Catherine Street. One performance, like this one with Al Jolson.
1: It's a real down at the key. It makes it Away. This makes a more exciting day when he goes on. I'm completely gone, I'm beside myself. Well, I can understand your bliss. Don't get excited it out, compose yourself. But LaVeyre was never like this. Listen, close. Here's a dollar, kid, don't stop Keep playing all night Cause it's a thrill When be real piano player Sit down and let the keys. Two beers up there. Right up there And you'll notice, Mr. Jolson, I don't need Larry Parks to play the black keys Son, name your price. Games are hired. What a thrill. When a real piano player
0: sits down at the key. Sit down at the key. With Jolson, Jimmy Durante scored a great success at the piano. But on another occasion with a different co-performer, well, here's how Jimmy reviewed the performance. I was vacationing down at Palm
1: Springs and I was up in my room when I got a call from the owner and he said, Jimmy, come down. He said, Einstein is playing the violin with his wife and it'd be wonderful if you could play the piano with him. So down I came and uh, I was introduced to uh, mrs einstein and mr einstein and so i sat down at the piano and uh, it was uh, the indian love call it was a violin and piano duet and uh, we started so i started off with the five chords like uh, that he'd play so uh, on about the fourth chord i hit a blue note i couldn't read the music so good and he stopped playing and he gave me a look and we continued again i played the four chords and i couldn't hit that chord i hit a a blue note again and he stopped playing and looked at me and he continued and uh i don't know i couldn't read the music so all of a sudden he stopped and his wife came over to me and said uh Mr. Durani, you'll have to excuse Mr. Einstein.
0: He's very tired. (laughs) He was wonderful. Jimmy was quick to recognize kindness and consideration in others because these traits are so much a part of his own makeup. And birthday greetings from his friends reveal more about him. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is Jack Benny
1: talking. In paying him a tribute, I probably will be repeating... A lot of the other entertainers are out of their remarks about Jimmy because there's no question that he is, I know, the best loved comedian. And he is exactly that way in and out of the theater. And it seems that whenever he gives a performance, that Jimmy can do no wrong. I know he can't with me, and I'm sure he can't with anybody else. He's just wonderful in every way. Jimmy, happy birthday.
0: More birthday messages, and best of all, more Jimmy Durante when we return in just one minute on the Monitor Beacon.
1: to that? With a salami sandwich in your pocket? A canoe? A beautiful girl? What more does a guy want? I'd be satisfied with a canoe. <laughs>
0: Monitor's birthday salute to Jimmy Durante continues. We heard Jimmy tell us about beginning his career as a ragtime piano player. He was a good one, one of the best, as a matter of fact, and he kept at it through the early years of the Prohibition era, when the cabarets of that time were turned into speakeasies. Some years earlier, Eddie Cantor had urged him to switch from piano playing to comedy. But it was not until 1923, when he had opened his Club Durant, that the momentous move was made. And one of the greatest acts in the history of show business was born. Clayton, Jackson, and Duranty, in Jimmy's own words. We opened the Club Durant without Clayton.
1: When we did open, I insisted on Jackson and a fellow by the name of Harris being partners. Now." clayton finally came up pretty near every night after we opened and used to get up on the floor and start dancing and finally he brought harris out and then it became clayton jackson and durani i played piano there with the four pieces and uh, when i seen clayton and jackson walking around like bosses we had a conference And uh, I insisted on them hiring a piano player and let me walk around like a boss too. So we improvised on the floor and uh, finally by working together, we got a routine, routine every other week or a week. And I wrote my own songs like, uh, did you ever have the feeling that you wanted to go? And still then Jimmy the well-dressed man and who will be with you when I'm far away? And I ups to him and he ups to me and can, broad, can Broadway do it. No, I can do without Broadway, but can Broadway do without me? And a million songs. We lasted uh, about a season and a half. Uh, it was brought to an to abrupt end one night when uh, the door man wouldn't let a couple of gentlemen in and they asked for Durante. I had, a, I had an awful habit in those days, and I've got it now. All a fella has to do is come up and say, hello, Jimmy, and I'll say, hello, and I, I don't know who he is, but I greet him pretty warmly. And uh, this night I went down, and uh, the fella in the morning, he saw him, he said, Jimmy, how are you? He said, they wouldn't let me in. So I bawled the doorman out, I brought him upstairs, I bought them a drink, they bought me a
0: drink, they put it in a little bottle, and the next day we were paddling. Well, those hectic, exciting days, of course, are long since gone, but some traces remain. In a new book, for instance, called Good Night, Mrs. Calabash, Jimmy's Life in Photos and Anecdotes, and fortunately for all of us present at this party, there's a recording of the reunion back in 1946 of the team of Clayton, Jackson, and... And Durant. I'm
1: at the piano. Peyton is polishing up his dancing shoes, and Eddie is out on the floor singing. Won't you come home, Bill Bailey? Won't you come home? Sing it, Eddie. Come on, the home the whole day long. His boy is ready for California. <inaudible> Took him down. I'll pay the rent, honey. I know I've done you wrong. Sing it like you get paid. Uh, I remember that old rainy evening? You drove me out. With nothing but a time to talk. Yes, when do I dance? A little oh, later, a little later I'm the blame Honey and the shame Bill Bailey, won't you please come home? Jim, yes, when do I dance? Uh, later Won't you come home, Bill Bailey Won't you come home? Stop dancing now, Lee I'm on the dancing. whole day Ah, we give everybody a chance. Remember that rainy evening you drove me out. we no know what a fight to go. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll notice while Louis dance, that at no time does the speech leave his Tonight and Lou, I haven't seen you dance like that in twenty-five years. Say something to the people. <laughs> Don't just stand there, ready? Pump one up. <laughs> okay, fellas, let's keep rolling. Hit it, Roy. I was Jimmy, that well-dressed man. I set the styles for the social plan. I showed Ronald Coleman How to dress to kill He didn't know his worsted From his English twill I'm Jimmy that Wait a minute Wait a minute What's the matter? Did you know Jim? I heard you sing that song 25 years ago And your voice is still the same Gee, thanks, Lou How do you like that? He thinks that's a compliment <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, go ahead Sing the song that you did In the Ziegfeld Showgirl Certainly I love the birds, the pretty bees and trees, because they all love you. If you listen closely, start packing. I love the one that shines above, because they all love. Time we had mingling with the elites of four of us. The four of us? Yeah, Clayton Jackson, Durani, and our interpreter. <laughs> now I know Don Well, I can do without Broadway, but can Broadway do without me? No!
0: Jimmy Durante's unswerving loyalty to his partners, his consideration and concern for them, are known to many of us. But his kindness is not really limited just to his immediate associates. Sammy Davis Jr. can testify to this.
2: I can only say one thing, and I I make this sort of an open letter to you, Jimmy, that as a guy who has been reared in this business and started with two men like my dad and uncle, There were certain rules and regulations they laid down for me. Number one rule was to watch the great performers and learn from them. And if anyone comes under that heading, as far as in my time is concerned, you would definitely have to head the list. I can remember only one time that I've seen anything anything more gracious than what you've done for me i remember when i was getting my start i don't know if you remember this or not back in miami at the copa city and you being the big star you were and of course my dad my uncle and myself trying to start out and make a little noise being very hungry performers It was important to us to get a good showing And to be able to do our full act You could have walked in that night and said Cut them down to ten minutes Because I'm the star You never did As a matter of fact I don't think you remember this But instead of doing that You said let the kid do all he wants to do And besides that I'd like to do a little number within myself That graciousness I came to know later Was part of your makeup Because you are not only a great performer That all young people in this business can learn from But you're also one of the nicest human beings that God ever created So may I just simply say that I'm proud to share the title of being an entertainer With a man who wears that title so well and so magnificently And who is respected so much in our business Happy birthday, Jim Well, if we know Jimmy, he's probably blushing
0: now and saying, let's change the subject So we'll move on the next major development in his career, one which eventually separated him from his two partners, although they continued to work with him in other capacities, was the movies. Hollywood mistakenly tried to make him over into something he was really never meant to be, <laughs> a poly speaker. You know, First Metro
1: kept sending me to school to fix up my speak and to learn my English. So what happens When I learn a little English, they puts me in the picture with Kugat, being around Kugat, <laughs> I unlines everything I learned in the school, and uh, then when I improves again, they sticks me in the picture with I Kirby. That really is the end. Then comes the last straw. They throws me in with Melicure. With him, I forgot fa- I forgot everything except how to say Schmuggersburg. Boy, it was a catastrophe. But a very funny thing, you know, I get a few letters sometimes, they ask, they ask uh, if I really mispronounce the words. But I don't, I don't do it deliberately. For instance, I was singing a song on the floor and uh, at the ambassadors and uh, the first line was, I just cut off the Muratania just today and I, hear a snickering and I was wondering what they were laughing about until till they told me until they told me uh, that I was mispronouncing it so Clayton butts in and he says listen don't teach him how to pronounce it because
0: if he does we're all out of work <laughs> happily for everybody they couldn't teach him how to pronounce it the words still poured trippingly off his tongue as in this sequence with Tallulah Bankhead.
1: Oh, I'd love to do a scene from Shakespeare with you, Jimmy. How about one of those warm, tender love scenes? Just you and I, darling Okay Come closer, closer, That's it. Go on, Jimmy, look at me. Look at me, darling, and then you face. Is this a Dagmar which I see before me? How's that? Yes, yeah. well, That's very good, Jimmy, but I don't seem to recognize the line of Shakespeare. You don't recognize that famous scene from Mac Trump? <laughs> That's the famous Silco. That's the famous Seculok. <laughs> I thought this was one show I could go right through without a script. <laughs>
0: Jimmy, you know, even got around to giving diction lessons himself, in Russian, no less, to the opera star Helen Travel.
1: Now Helen, try and follow me in this next one. Oh ya Oh chicha. Oh chichra. Oh ya Cock a bluey cock a bluey yeah, cock a bluey <laughs> Is that from the heart? No, that's from the stomach. Oh, but you can't restrict me in these things. Cock a bluey <laughs> This will rock the Kremlin.
0: <laughs> it probably did. Jimmy has the ability to create strong emotions, especially among his friends. Warm emotions. From Miss Travel, for instance. I love you, Jimmy. And happy, happy birthday to you. And yet another friend clamors to be heard.
2: Hello, Jimmy Durante. This is Joey Bishop. I wanna take this opportunity of wishing you a very happy birthday. Now look, Jim, I mean to each his own. This is my voice you've been using these past many years. You even took my ex-partners, Eddie Jackson and Sonny King. Send them back wherever they are, and do me a favor. Keep it to yourself, Jim. Use your regular voice, which sounds like, happy birthday, Jim. Uh, not the voice that you've really been using.
0: <laughs> well, as Jimmy always says, everybody wants to get into the act. And who can blame them when the act consists of greeting him on his birthday? There are many more waiting in the wings, so to speak, and more of Jimmy himself. When Monitor's birthday party for Jimmy Durante continues just after a brief pause, Jim Lowe here, parts of the proceeding pre recorded. This is the NBC Radio Network. A
1: it goes ink, a tinkity, a tinkadoo, a tinkity. It's got the whole world spooning. Eskimo Bells of night's Land are ringing. They've made their own paradise land singing ink. A-dink-a-dee, a-dink-a-dee, a-dink-a-dee simply means ink. A-dink-a-dee, a-dink-a-dee. The run. Hope you like it. I'm gonna play another one. Here it comes. Let's come out, build up a nice land. A-ringin'. They've made their own paradise land singing. Dink, a dink-a-dink, a dink-a-dink. A dink-a-dink, simply mean A dink-a-dink, a dink-a-dink.